0: money here on Deacon the Sports Betting Network. Jonathan Von Tobel Matt Humans with you here second hour of the program. We're going to check in over a mile high to see what's going on with the Denver Broncos in a couple of minutes. Chad Andrews is going to be with us. Aaron Rodgers could potentially be a Denver Bronco. I thought the deal was done, but it doesn't look like it's done
1: yet. Well, the deal's not done and if the deal gets done it's going to be after June 1st. Uh, but there's obviously a, a decent shot here that the Broncos Could be the next stop for Aaron Rodgers, just like uh, could be the last stop for Aaron Rodgers, just like they were for Peyton
0: Manning. That's right. Man, if you stumble into that, well, you don't even stumble into it, but you attract two of the greatest quarterbacks of the last, like, decade in their waning years to come win in Title one last time. Who are you talking about? Peyton Peyton Manning and then Aaron Rodgers. Oh, I thought
1: you were talking about Joe Flacco.
0: Oh, no. (laughs) I know. Well, it can get confusing. One of the greatest postseason runs of all time, Joe Flacco. No?
1: Flacco didn't quite work out for the Broncos. No, it didn't. Peyton Manning did. We'll see. What Chad thinks about the Denver Broncos' chances to land Aaron Rodgers. Let's look at a game tonight in the NBA. The Brooklyn Nets two games back of the Philadelphia 76ers in the East. And the Nets at DraftKings, four-point road favorites over the Mavericks in
0: Dallas. Total of 234.5. Yeah, I mean, my initial thought is the total looks kind of low, right? And 233.5 is -hmm. is a high total. But between these two clubs, there's two things, right? One – It's the fact that both are relatively poor defensive teams. You're talking about Dallas, 21st in defensive efficiency and non-garbage time minutes. The Brooklyn Nets coming in 23rd. Uh, Both of these teams, from a defensive standpoint, where you can see some of their struggles, are along the perimeter, two areas which both of these offenses thrive, right? The Dallas Mavericks, for example, take the fifth-most three-point attempts in terms of frequency, the third-most non-corner threes, and then you look at Brooklyn defensively, humans, and you realize that they give up. 20th or their 25th, should put it that way, in opponent shooting percentage and mm. not you know above the break three point shots. Like this is a matchup where I think both teams can probably have some success for the most part. And I think Chris Hops brings uh, Porzingis. You want to double check if he's going to be on the floor. That'll help your offensive output for the Dallas Mavericks. But the initial thought is when you look at both of these teams, what both of them do well, what both of them struggle to do on the defensive end of the floor. There's really not a lot of indicators that would make you think that this is going to be a lower scoring game, right? The the Bucks at least have some defensive personnel in their starting five that can slow you down and make those games a little bit more. When you get to the bench, it's not as good. Mm-hmm. But those can be a little bit more lower scoring. I just don't know when you're talking about Dallas and Brooklyn at this point where that's slowing down and where the lack of the, you know offensive output comes from when you're looking at these two teams matching up.
1: When you're talking about a total this high, 234.5, you can't be afraid of betting over the high totals either, right?
0: Oh, not today's NBA. No. Look, Look at yesterday. We had multiple. Te- we had multiple teams I score. I shouldn't say multiple. It seemed a majority of the teams scored over 120 points just last night alone. Right? It was actually pretty surprising because you're going over the box scores, seeing how high these scores are. Teams are playing quicker. They're taking more efficient shots, and this is what happens. And so, a total like 233 and a half obviously used to be not the norm. Now, kind of is, and you shouldn't be worried about betting it over, especially when you look at these two teams matching up with one another. Not even the highest
1: total in the NBA tonight. That right. is two forty in the Hawks Pacers game in Indianapolis. Yep. The highest total on the NBA betting board on Thursday.
0: And Wes Reynolds has pointed this out. Since Turner's been out, the Indiana Pacers have been an over team, man. And that has been mm-hmm. one of their issues over this stretch. Other than Nape Bjorkman's staff trying to fight some of their players, uh, it has also been a lack of defense for this club. <laughs> All right, let's do it. It's Follow the Money here on Visa the Sports Betting Network checking in Denver next.
2: This is Brent Musburger, and here is your v Action Update. Now, here are the latest lines from my guys in the desert. The New York Yankees have underachieved so far this season, languishing at the bottom of the American League East. They have won five consecutive games and move up to second place with a 16-14 and 14 record. Their plus-21 run differential means, however, they're still underachieving. Their expected win-loss total, 18-12. 4-1 Garrett Cole carrying a 1.43 ERA on the mound by the Yankees today. A ninety favorite at home against the Astros. Lakers only a half game in front of Portland for the final guaranteed playoff spot in the Western Conference. They're a seven and a half point dog against the Clippers at Staples Center. VSIN gives you the tools to increase your sports betting IQ and make the most of every bet, including our 24 7 video coverage, odds and analysis for every game, our daily members only Best Bets email, and in depth coverage each week in Point Spread Weekly. Now's the time to sign up for your 10 day free trial slash subscribe. With your action update, I'm Mike Senna. Get the latest vsin odds at vsin.com. And remember. Cash and tickets is what it's all about.
0: It's time to follow the money with your hosts, Mitch Moss and Polly Howard. With exclusive bets, daily specials, odds boosts, and the largest offer of live in-play options, BetRivers Sportsbook industry leader when it comes to online sports betting and to make your experience even more rewarding. Rivers offers the most live streams of major sports, instant payouts, only a one-time playthrough. BetRiver's your hometown sportsbook, and of course, check out those instant cash outs with the Rush Pay feature. Offer ballot in Colorado, Iowa, Illinois, Indiana, Virginia, Michigan, and Pennsylvania. Available at sugarhouse.com In New Jersey, you got to be 21. Illinois, New Jersey, Pennsylvania. Call 1-800-GAMBLER if you have a gambling problem. 1-800-9 with it in Indiana. Colorado, 1-800-522-4700. Michigan, 1-800-270-7117. Virginia, 1-888-532-3500. Iowa, call 1-800-BETS-OFF. You Did sound like you. an auctioneer. Very there you good. Go. Pretty good, right? fast I You know, I'm just trying to. Fast-talker. No, I was going to make a joke.
1: Fast talker. <laughs>
0: like, but, hey, speaking of Colorado, let's check in. Chad Andrews yeah. is with us. Uh, radio personality out in Denver, and it's nice enough to give us some time here today. Chad, what's up, man? How you been?
3: Good morning, gentlemen. I must really love you guys. I get up early, but I don't get up this early. So, you know, <laughs> you can owe me one next time I'm in town.
1: <laughs> yeah, we'll take care of the bar, Bill. Don't worry about that.
3: You, you got to visit the <laughs>
1: mega bar here at Circa. Next time you're in town, we'll take you to the mega bar. All right, I'm not I'm, really. I'm jealous. I, I want to hit all of them. Bar Canada, I want to hit all of them. I haven't been to Turkey yet. Well, you got to oh, make yeah. it down here pretty soon, whenever you can. Uh, Chad, obviously the uh, the hot topic in Denver right now is going to be the Rockies. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I want to find. We want to find out what you think. You and I were talking about it last week, a little bit. How realistic is it that Aaron Rodgers is going to end up with the Denver Broncos? What's the sense there in Denver where you are? and is this a deal that you would expect to happen after June 1st?
3: Uh, I'm a bit surprised, to be honest, that it, it's not a little bit more Rogers overload uh, than it has been. Really? Um, when I've watched and listened to a lot of the national shows, like yesterday, I was listening to one and it was all Rodgers all the time. It was almost the whole show as to, to what he's going to do. And I would think that um, there would be a little bit more of that here, especially with what happened with Peyton Manning. And I haven't really heard that. I, I think there's um, there's some cautious optimism, right? There's a few people that, that think there's a legit chance and there's others who are going, this is a long shot at best, right? Don't get your hopes up. Um, and, and people are not going too crazy about it. Um, my question and it's something i asked from the start is is it's so funny that this situation is popping up now because this was the first draft and this is the first off season in however you know as long as any of us can really recall recent history that john elway was not in charge of personnel right it's george payton now coming over from the vikings so uh, we were a little unsure as to how the draft was going to unfold we were a little unsure as to what free agency was going to hold for the Broncos and how they would pursue something when uh, you know a mega deal possibility is on the table. Because I think we all know if John Elway were still calling the shots on personnel, this deal would already be teed up and ready to go on June 1st when it saves the Packers the money because he'd give anything to get Aaron Rodgers, right? Yep. He knows the deal.
0: <laughs> so, Chad, I'm curious. You know, We have the draft class uh, up in front of us. A lot of indication. A lot of thoughts were, hey, if you look at the way this draft fell, and it was a really good draft class, I think by all like a lot of evaluators for Denver. But a lot of people thought it took shape of a team that was acquiring assets to potentially ship over to Green Bay in a trade, like Patrick Sertan, of course, at the top, a need for the Green Bay Packers. No quarterback at all in this draft class. Do you think there are some legs to that? That when you look at this draft class, like hey, maybe they're acquiring some pieces that Green Bay might find valuable.
4: Um,
3: I think there are pieces that anybody would find valuable yep. um you know when when patrick Sertan was drafted it was kind of like oh I don't, I don't know maybe he's going to green bay right right away at the top but then you get down to the mm-hmm. bottom of the first round and the packers take a corner right so um you know it's kind of the same thing i don't know what the starter or who the starter would be that would be involved in that package whether you're talking about you know, three firsts, a second, and a, and a quality starter, or two firsts, two seconds, and a quality starter, you know, it, it, whatever that package might include, I don't know that it would be someone like a Patrick Sertan. It might be a Jerry Judy. It might be a Cortland Sutton. And, you know, if if Brian Goodenkunst really wants to stick it to Aaron Rodgers, if this is as bad as it, it appears to be, at least as being described by some people... Then how ironic would it be if okay we'll trade you and we'll trade you to Denver, but we're finally going to go get another high quality receiver to pair with Devonte Adams for the the new quarterback we're going to play, right? I yeah. mean, how bad would that be in, in that scenario for Green Bay to finally get, add another weapon?
1: That's actually a, a really good point. I was thinking about that yesterday. Chad Anders was this Denver radio TV broadcaster, so uh, I would resist trading Cortland Sutton to the Packers. Yeah, you know if if you're the Broncos, you're looking at a deal here. You want to keep as many offensive weapons as you can for Aaron Rodgers. If you trade your first-round draft pick Patrick Sertan to the Packers and you flip uh, first-round picks, the Packers drafted cornerback Eric Stokes. I could see something like that. I would, I would not want to ship a receiver the caliber of uh, Cortland Sutton to Green Bay in that deal. And what do you give up here, Chad? If you're if you're the Broncos side, I don't think the Broncos drafted with. Uh, An idea that, hey, we're going to trade some of these players to the Packers. I don't necessarily agree with that. But it was interesting they did not take a quarterback. And it's going to be Drew Locke and Teddy Bridgewater right now as a competition head-to-head. Maybe you ship a guy like Teddy Bridgewater to the Packers, right? We saw the report from Adam Schefter that the Packers are exploring quarterbacks they can put into camp with uh, Jordan Love. How about Bridgewater as part of that package to Green Bay? How many many first-round draft picks would you be in favor giving up If you're the Broncos, because I said I would not give up three, maybe two first-round draft picks in the future, a couple of players, one of those players would not be Cortland Sutton from my perspective. How about you?
3: Uh, I don't think it's going to be as much as as some people anticipate. Right. right? Uh, We know the situation in Green Bay. I was thinking all along it would probably be two firsts, a second, and then maybe one other pick somewhere along the way and a starter. So, uh, you know, Cortland Sutton, I know, coming off an injury, right, but he's proven himself in the league. Uh, The Broncos are really, really high on Jerry Judy, despite a a few stretches where he was a little disappointing last year as a rookie um, in terms of receiving options. But then, you know, like you said, there are are, uh, secondary options as well, right? I don't think they would trade someone like Justin Simmons, who they just paid and is, you know, maybe the best safety in the league, right? But, um, you know, is it going to be Bradley Chubb? Right? Is it going to yeah. be uh, Noah Fan, right, yeah. at the tight end position? Right? Um, I, I think it's going to be an established starter uh, along with two firsts, a second, and then, you know, I, I guess the the filler piece or the argument piece is is there, is there going to be one other pick in there? Um, I don't know about Teddy Bridgewater, right? Um, uh, I see the value because he's free. Carolina's paying for him, right? He's free uh, for a year. You can have the guy. Uh, as a safety net, right? I, I don't think there's um, there's a lot left in the tank there in terms of producing for you and, and doing anything to help a team uh, like the situation Denver is in. Um, I don't know if Green Bay would necessarily want him. If he is going to be a mentor to Jordan Love, well, sure, yeah, like I said, it's a free spin because Carolina's taking on all the money.
1: That's what I'm looking at, yeah. JVT, is uh, from the Packers' perspective, do you want Drew Locke or Teddy Bridgewater if you want a quarterback? I would want Bridgewater as the veteran to kind of tutor the young guy, Jordan Love, instead of Locke coming in as a competition because you drafted uh, Jordan Love, and he, he from that viewpoint, he should be your quarterback of the future.
0: Right, and, and I think, Chad... Why it, would you
1: have interest in Drew Locke, really?
0: Right, and right. I, and when I think, Chad, too, the outlier there is as well, like, if you're Denver, if you really still think a, a kid like Drew Locke who's only had, you know, a season's worth of work in the National Football League, you can realistically make the case that, okay, we acquire Aaron Rodgers... Uh, there is no shame in benching Drew Locke for an Aaron Rodgers and letting him sit for another year or two, if that's what Rodgers wants to play and then develop him a little bit more and then still feel comfortable enough to potentially use Drew Locke as your quarterback of the future with Rodgers in front of him for two years and two cracks at the Super Bowl.
3: Well, it wouldn't be all that different than what happened here with Brock Osweiler, right? Uh, So same, same type of thing, right? Um, You know, Peyton Manning came in, you know, John Elway, the famous quote, we're going plan A, right? We didn't have any other option, right? And, I truly do believe. I I just find it uh, a little ironic that the one year he's finally not in charge, this is on the table because I think John Elway would do anything to get Aaron Mm -hmm. Rodgers.
1: Actually, I thought Elway drafted pretty well, except for the quarterback position. He couldn't get that figured out. The Broncos have had a series, I think, of pretty good drafts, including this one with George Payton in charge. Uh, Chad, when you look at the AFC West and – the Broncos being a five to one shot right now. If if they make the deal for Rodgers, do you put the Broncos with that defense close to uh, that close to being able to knock off the Chiefs in the division? Because I think if you make the deal for Rodgers, it's obvious going obviously going to be Kansas City as a favorite. But I don't think the Broncos are going to be that far behind them. And that five to one, uh, five to one number, looks somewhat attractive if you do get Rodgers right now. Chiefs odds on favorites. At DraftKings minus three dollars, Broncos five to one, Chargers six to one. Justin Herbert uh, had a great rookie year. Raiders bringing <laughs> up the uh, <laughs> back end at uh, sixteen to one at DraftKings. But do you feel like Denver's defense with Vic Fangio calling the shots, and he's not a good game manager? Would you take a shot on the Broncos at five to one if you think there's a good chance it's going to happen that they get Rogers?
3: Well, the first thing that comes to mind is what do you think it would go to if they got Rodgers? I think probably you think about. It would go to three, to, 3 to 1, 2 five to 1. To, I was
1: going to say 5 to 2. Yeah. Plus two, yeah.
3: Okay. Sure. All right. Um, I don't think it makes them better than the Chiefs, uh, to be honest with you. And, and game management is one of the reasons why, right? Um, when you're talking about, you are still got Vic Fangio against Andy Reid right? You've still got 37 to be 38 year old Aaron Rodgers against prime Patrick Mahomes in, you know, probably the two most important, you know, comparisons between the two teams. Right. And look, I'll I'll be the the first to tell you that, you know, I've, I've stand for Aaron Rodgers for a long time. Right. I think he's the, that's the only Jersey I own is an Aaron Rodgers Jersey, (laughs) right. Uh, being being a Packer fan growing up, Uh but let's, Let's not pretend like you know he didn't miss a touchdown throw underneath against Tampa that would have kept him in the game or gave him a chance to win when he was trying to force the ball to Devontae Adams. Let's not pretend he didn't miss what would have been a 75-yard bomb touchdown when Adams was wide open in the clear, right? He's not perfect, right? He, yes, he was the MVP of the league. Yes, he's great. Yes, he would be an insane upgrade over anything they've had since Peyton Manning, uh, even in in Manning's Super Bowl year when, when the decline was evident, right? But let's not pretend that that he, going up in a division twice against Mahomes and twice against Herbert, that Rodgers is going to win three out of four or four out of four of those games automatically, right? So, uh, uh, I mean, two and a half, three to one, I think it, it is probably fair. Uh, if they were to get Aaron Rodgers, I would still keep the Chiefs the favorite.
1: All right, one more thing, JVT, on this. I would look to play the Broncos over the run total of eight and a half. Because yeah. you're talking about 17 games, you got that extra home game. And if you get Rodgers, and I think there's a pretty good shot. I want to get. Let's go on the record right now what you think is going to happen with Rodgers because I think it's retirement or he plays for the Broncos. I don't believe he's going back to Green Bay. And uh, I'm going to bet that Rodgers is the quarterback of the Broncos when the season opens. How about you? Go on the record. What? Do you th- yeah, what's it going <clears> to <throat> be?
3: Go. I, I want to be with. I, I, I want to be with you, and I'm going to go yeah. ahead and, and jump out there on that island with you, Matt. Because uh, what are we doing here, right? I mean, right. Uh, if you're the Green Bay Packers, you're going to play this game with the guy who told his family to get bent, right? <laughs> right. The, the guy, right. The one, he's smarter than you, and he's more stubborn, right? And and he doesn't have contact with his family, and now you think you're going to win him back, right? It, it's not going to happen. Right. So maybe they do find another suitor. Right. Uh, maybe they can find something else. Right. If I were the Packers, I'd be exploring every possible scenario. I'd have, uh, you know, an uh, investigative reporter team down there trying to figure out what's going on with Deshaun Watson and what his future looks like. Right. Um, you know, what they think the outcome of, of his legal situation is going to be. Right. I would be touching base in Seattle with Russell Wilson. I'd be looking for any possible out, right, that, that gives you. Uh, a comparable starting quarterback to continue to go from Favre to Rodgers to whoever's next, right? Because it ain't going to be Drew Locke or Teddy Bridgewater, right, right. and who knows if it's going to be Jordan Love, right? Um, uh, I'm I'm hesitant to say it's going to happen just because of the history of these two franchises and uh, the conservative nature of who is is making the deals. But if it doesn't happen, what are we doing? Like, come on, it's a better answer across the board. You're not getting him back, Green Bay. It's just not going to happen. Mm-hmm.
1: Look at what the Packers can get back for Rodgers, and I think that eventually they're going to have to face the reality that that's their best move, JVT.
0: So I don't think, I will say Aaron Rodgers is not going to be a Green Bay Packer, but I don't want to go on the he'll be a Bronco. Okay. Because you know, there's a lot of teams that can offer stuff. I think the Broncos is the most attractive one. They have a lot to offer, and their roster is absolutely fantastic. But I think it's, almost locked in that he is not going to be Green Bay Packers. Is that fair enough? Is that Ben yeah. Straddle? Fair enough? enough. All right, cool. Hey, uh, Chad, before we get you out of here really quickly, i want to throw this at you. You're a big NBA guy. Of course, uh, Nuggets uh, get a big win, but this team continues uh, to suffer from injuries. Uh, what do you think the ceiling is for this team? What's the health status of this team over the next, you know, 30, 90 seconds, I should say? What's going to happen with Denver at this point?
3: Well, they're cursed. Um, you know, they have no guards. I'm, I'm awaiting my offer for a 10-day uh, anytime here. Uh, but in April alone, they lost Murray, Barton, Monte Morris, P.J. Dozier, and uh, Zeke Naji is also on the front court. So uh, what I said when Jamal Murray went down, best case scenario, win as many games as you can. They've continued to do that, right? They're 23-7 since the All-Star break. They've won 18-22. Try to get to the three, right? Uh, try to do anything you can to avoid the Lakers and Clippers and also just make them play each other in a 4-5 matchup in the first round. Um you know, if you have a 3-6 matchup and you get Portland or Dallas, it'll be entertaining, it'll be fun, and they'd have a chance to advance. Beyond that, right, without Jamal Murray, uh, I don't think anybody expects him to go past the second round. But try to hang on to the three. Try to win a series.
0: Chad Andrews, television radio personality out in Denver. Thank you very much, Chad. Always good to talk to you, man. My pleasure, guys. All right. Thanks,
1: Chad. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm better than Aaron Rodgers being the Broncos quarterback weekly. I hope he is. I would love him. It just, it looks too, like too much of a certainty that he's going to be too stubborn to go back to Green Bay. And when you're, from a Packers perspective, you look at it, it's in your best interest to move him because everything you can get in return. And eventually, uh, they're going to have to uh, make that decision. Yep. It's going
0: to happen sometime in June, I think. Let's follow the money here on VCIN, the Esports Betting Network. Don't go All the money live from the OddsTrader.com studio at Circa Resort and Casino. OddsTrader.com. Download the free OddsTrader app right now. Start winning with up to the second info that you need. Mitch Paul on vacation. They will be back on Monday. Matt Human's Jonathan Vontobel. We've been with you all week, and we wrap up the week mañana. By
1: the way, did we answer the question, where did Mitch and Paul go on vacation? Do we know that yet? I don't know that
0: one yet at all. I, I, Mitch is the traveler, so Mitch is somewhere. I know that one. He's got to be. He's got a wife, I think, that forces him to travel. He's also got—he's also rich, living that celeb lifestyle.
1: I'm not sure about Paul. I'm not sure if he left town.
0: No, I don't think so. What are the odds that Paul left his apartment during this week off? I don't even know if he has an apartment or a house.
1: Uh, Non-man. I, I think, he, does he have his own parking spot here at Circa? Oh, he has. To. You know, you and I pull into the garage late at night, and I'm, I'm looking, where's the Paul Howard parking spot? with the stars around it, because I've heard that he's got his own parking spot here, but I have not seen
0: it. Or does he just valet and that's it?
1: I want to ask you this. Atlanta Braves to win the National League East at plus 180. Would you make the bet? that They are off to a poor start. The Braves have won that division. have really owned that division recently. They're 14 and 16, but only a game and a half back. Mm -hmm. And the Phillies, the Mets, first and second in that division, obviously have some weaknesses. And uh, I I think right now if you said bet on the division winner in the AL East, or excuse me, National League East, I would bet on the Braves at plus 180. I think Atlanta has got a great shot to win that. And uh, you've got two of the best young offensive players in baseball. And once the pitching comes around, I think the Braves are going to be the top team in that division again. And at DraftKings right now, the Mets are plus 125, the favorites to win it. Syndergaard is going to come back at some point, I think, in June. Uh, but the Braves plus one eighty, the second choice. I kind of like that bet right now. at DraftKings.
0: Yeah, and I, I think too when you look at it like from a lineup perspective, their lineup in certain aspects. How good kind is of, Ronald Acuna? He's freaking awesome, Man. right? And he's an it, MVP waiting to happen. Yeah. yeah, and their lineup has been underperforming in certain areas. Like do you expect Freeman? that to regress yeah. to to the main? Like I, I would yeah. say yes. Over a larger sample size, what's going to play out more often? Right, you simulate the season a thousand times. Mm-hmm. More often than not, I think the Braves are going to win that division.
1: We're thirty games into it. The Braves are a game and a half back, and they have played some pretty poor baseball in the first five weeks or so. And I certainly expect that to change. Uh, I I like the Braves to win that division. I think plus 180 is
0: a pretty good price. Is there any Uh way, Uh any way that the team in that division that at this point right now has the only positive run differential could actually win it? (laughs) That is one
1: of the uh, oddities in baseball right now. The top four teams in the America, excuse me, I keep saying that, National League East mm-hmm. have negative run differentials. Ever seen the that? last place team, the Marlins, plus 18 yep. and run differential. I saw that the other day. I said, that's uh, something you're not going to see very often. Uh, anyway, tonight in D.C., it's Drew Smiley, the lefty for the Braves, against John Lester. And uh, we will call it a pick him game, even though here at Circa Atlanta's minus 108, total of nine. A lot of spots have this minus
0: 105 each way. Yeah, and look, I think when you're looking at both of these guys from a pitching perspective, uh, you kind of expect some relatively subpar performances, right? Drew Smiley up to this point when we've seen him pitch, and it's a short sample size. uh, Right now, only 19 innings, but the returns haven't really been there. 8.05 on the ERA, 5.41 on his expected fielding independent. Uh, He is a guy that is going to serve up runs, and potentially you know, to a lineup that can be better than what we've seen from the Washington Nationals. And then the other side, it's a short sample size. but We have multiple seasons now of John Lester being a below-average pitcher. right? Mm-hmm. Five innings pitched, his ERA right now is at zero, shockingly. Uh, expected fielding independent indicates there's some really hard regression coming, but that's a short sample size. You don't want to read too much into it. But it's about three or four years now where he's talking about an XFIP of about 4.5 or higher. Uh-huh. So we know what these two guys are. I think that's why you see this total where it's at nine and shaded to the over. It would be a small lean to the Braves, But overall, I think this just has on the surface a high-scoring game written all over. And maybe a first five over four and a half would be the way you attack it, which is why you see that too, by the way. First five total four and a half over minus 140.
1: I agree with you. Actually, I was thinking that last night. I'm glad I didn't bet it because the total was nine. And uh, that was a 5-3 win for the Braves last night. Uh, So it stayed under the total. But that would be the way I would lean in this game as well. The Braves have won the first two games of this series over the Nationals. Yep. All right, mm-hmm. so uh, in the next segment, we're going to try to get to this. I received uh, a message from somebody watching the show today who says, JVT looks just like this media superstar. I already
4: know who you are. Do you? Yeah. So, well, I'll
1: give you the answer. Uh, let's not give it away. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's what saying. We'll do yeah, this i saying. You, next you segment. don't want to do that. We're right? going to throw up the pictures on the screen. And and, and does JBT look just like this media superstar? Oh, man, I I can't can't wait. I uh, I can't wait. I know it's going to be a super (laughs) handsome and
0: (laughs) and spelt gentleman. Okay, all right, we'll come back. We'll have that and much more on the other side. Question for you out there. We've asked this a couple of times. Sports bettors, are you ready? Download the PointsBet app now. Sign up using promo code VEASAN2K to get two risk-free bets up to $2,000. When you bet with PointsBet, you get faster bets, faster withdrawals, and faster rewards at your fingertips. Download the PointsBet app now to experience this premium sportsbook for yourself. So, are you ready? Terms and conditions apply. Avoid word prohibited. I feel like I want to drag this out so we don't get to this. Got to be 21 or older. Gambling problem? <laughs> Call 1-800-GAMBLER for crisis counseling and referral service.
1: Oh, yeah. Which media superstar? does JVT look just like? We'll get to that in a couple minutes. we got to give the production crew a few minutes to uh, get the picture ready, the comparison. First, we'll break down some more NBA games. Okay.
0: Should I should I break I down this. the games I like that media superstar? This is going
1: to be good. Let's get to it. Uh, start at the top. Aaron Rodgers compared Brian Gutekunst, the GM of the Packers, to Jerry Krause. <laughs> The GM of the Bulls in the late 90s, uh, Michael Jordan, and uh, (laughs) the Bulls stars hated. Uh, The Bulls tonight, two and a half, three point favorites on the road at Charlotte, total of 217 and a half at DraftKings.
0: Yeah, and look, the the Chicago Bulls have been really poor on the offensive end of the floor. It's gone extremely south, right? Especially after they add Nikla Vucevic thought that this was going to be a playoff team. Uh, Zach Levine, though, back in the fold, so that's going to help out from that perspective when you're taking on a team like Charlotte and Charlotte you know I've said this a couple of times humans I like the Charlotte team a lot they're really well coached they have a lot of good athletes young athletes they get up and down the floor they shoot the ball extremely well they have their flaws offensively I want to double check the injury report here because given all of that though it is surprising if this is actually like that Chicago is a three point favorite on the road right given the fact that Charlotte has been a, a relatively disrespected team for the most part throughout the season it, unless you're talking about like a mass amount of injuries at this point right now to multiple people on this team, I don't know why you would favor the Chicago Bulls on the road in a okay. spot like this. So, first indication is that there's some really good value here on Charlotte. Make sure that you're not missing anything. You know, the injury reports, at least the early ones, are coming up here in a little bit. And look, I get it. Like, Devontae Graham, Miles Bridges has been injured, right? Health and safety protocol. He's not going to be in there. Devontae Graham is banged up, too. But you still have some pretty good pieces on this team. Three seems pretty strong on the surface for the Chicago Bulls, given the way they've been playing. Fair enough. How about the uh, Mavericks as home dogs
1: to the Brooklyn Nets tonight? And uh, DraftKings has this number of four, total of uh, 234. So that's road favorites over uh,
0: the Mavericks. Are
1: the Dallas Mavericks going to be at full strength in this game?
0: Kristaps Porzingis has popped up on this uh, overnight injury report. Remember Tim Hardaway? Is actually um, not going to play either. And it looks like Christoph Porzingis is officially out too. So we'll see again. First okay. report comes out in about, uh, we'll call it five hours from now. So we'll see if he's officially on there. Uh, but now you're pretty short handed. And Max Kleber, of course, has been dealing with injury himself. So this is a pretty short and a short staff front court too. So you understand why Dallas is catching for at home. And I think that's one of the angles that we talked about why you understand the total being this high. These two teams, perimeter oriented teams who struggle to defend the perimeter, that's why you see a total like this not only opening up 233 or 233.5 and getting to 234.5, but I do wonder what the absence of Porzingis does in terms of the offensive output. You know, that's a really good pick at pot babe that can really, I think, destroy DeAndre Jordan, who likes to plant himself back in the paint if he's going to be out there. You know, what that means for that front court. So that's what I'm really interested to see here. My initial thought was to go over. Knowing that Porzingis is not going to be out there hurts that a little bit, especially now that this total has been bet up a point to 234.5. That would be the lean at this point. Have no bet on it. But the injuries do hurt Dallas quite a bit at this point right now. Yeah, you
1: would think so. How about the Wizards? Bradley Beal and the Wizards yeah. uh, catching one or one and a half at Tampa Bay against the uh, the Raptors. Total 233.5 in this one.
0: Yeah, and Rui Hachimura. Chandler Hutchinson, not a massive injury uh, for the Washington Wizards. But Rui Hachimura, health and safety protocol, that's going to hurt things. Uh, For the Washington Wizards. But it is kind of surprising. Like, the Raptors have an odd respect, and they are starting to become a little bit more whole. They did go to Los Angeles, right? They played the Clippers extremely tough. They Mm -hmm. beat the Los Angeles Lakers. Um, But this Washington Wizards team, like, I think we're at a point right now where should they be the team that's favored here at this point right now against the Toronto Raptors, right? Like, they. The way they've been playing, defensively, they performed extremely well. Their offense has been flowing with Bradley Beal and Russell Westbrook on the floor together. They're both going to play today. They're not on the injury report. And I think part of this is it's the spot, right? You lose just barely to the Milwaukee Bucks. You get a big cover, and you're fighting tooth and nail with Milwaukee. Sure. And you're here. Remember, this is not locked up by any stretch in terms of Washington being the 10th seed in the Eastern Conference. And with Zach Levine back, you still got to maintain your pace here to stay within that play-in picture. And Toronto is still technically alive in that play, and so this is a really big game. I would lean a little bit here towards Washington and you know maybe wait to see if we can get a little bit better price on the money line, minus 104, maybe get like an even money type deal with them, but I don't think I've seen anything from Washington that would make me think, other than the situation, that I wouldn't want to play on. Them.
1: What's, what's the situation with the uh, Tampa Bay Raptors and, and the home crowds?
0: Uh, they they have people there. I know. I, I don't well, know. It's much... in Florida. Obviously, there is going to be fans there. <laughs> there is pack but stands, parties. How, everything. how many fans have
1: the Raptors had at their uh, their home games? I
0: don't. I'm not sure. I haven't updated that for a, a minute. I don't know. Do they have any sort of
1: home court advantage? Do you feel? Uh, I think it's. Is it's, it worth more than a point or no?
0: It's definitely gotten stronger. I think okay. it's definitely worth a point or something at this point, just because you know part of the issue with Toronto early on is remember longest team in the bubble. Then you're playing essentially on a neutral early on. Now you have a smattering of home, like home fans that are kind of supporting you, but for the most part, you're just getting used to the flow of playing in that area. So I think as sure. the second half has progressed, you've definitely seen their home record get a little bit better and their their power rating get a little bit better as well. I mean, can I? I'm gonna I'm gonna filibuster <laughs> just keep filibustering.
1: <laughs> Here we go. No. That's what you've waited for. No shit. Sure. Which like, media superstar? Do side is by JV...
0: side. I'm gonna do the
1: this game. This is called who he look like. Who no, does no. JVT look like? <laughs> There it is, Mike Francesa. How about that? Look at the white teeth, the glasses. He's got a lot more white hair. Yes. I don't think you have any gray
0: hairs yet. God, we even have the same hair. That's Look at so that. dumb. You
1: got the same face, both of you, probably carrying a few extra pounds.
0: We can't all be the picture <laughs> of health that Matt
1: Humans is. <laughs> Ooh, maybe a little sensitive, Wes. <laughs> Put that up one more time. These guys do. It looks like father and son. Mike Francesa. Jonathan Von Tobel, got to say you, you wear, you're wearing those glasses because you want to be like Francesca. I,
0: I, uh, I will say this: there, I have been very, very candid about this. Uh-huh. The peak of sports media is Mike Francesa, getting paid lots of money. I thought it was screaming A. Smith. No, well, him too. Okay, but Mike Francesa to show up, do barely any research, just talking to a mic, <laughs> and just get paid so much money to do it. Are you well, kidding me? I would die for that job. I kind of do it right. now. A lot less money.
1: Is Francesca retired? I think it's a forced retirement. Let's see if we can get your uh, idol on the show uh, tomorrow. Do you think we can get Francesca on tomorrow's show?
0: I don't think so. Why not? Well, I don't know. I don't have a he's, contact. He's not him. busy. That's true. He's not doing it. As my father, I can simply just reach out. Santos,
1: and, get on that. Let's see if we get Francesa on tomorrow. On show.
0: video, though. It's got to be on video. I uh, Aaron
1: Renning who said that uh, you look just like you're a Francesa clone.
0: <laughs> I, like, I don't know if it's a clone. Uh, hey, at least it's better than the very nice Canadian person who in our Toronto Raptors preview last year said I looked like a skinny Brian Windhorse. So I don't know. If that, I don't know, <laughs> <you> know. <laughs> All right. We'll come back. And we have plenty left to get to. Let's do it.
4: a heavyweight fight this summer, but we'll talk about that later. We have uh, UFC
1: to talk about. UFC Fight Night at the Apex in Las Vegas on Saturday. Lou, you're mm. going to be here next weekend for the UFC card. But uh, we have an event to talk about this weekend first, not as high profile, obviously. And uh, you wrote the uh, column for Point Spread Weekly this week with your opinions on a few of the fights. Let's start at the top with Michelle Waterson and Marina Rodriguez and uh, the current number...
0: Got about over $2 and pretty much two cents wide, 2 dollars depending on where you look. And the headline for Lou's yeah. piece, by the way Rodriguez should breeze in short notice UFC main event. Yeah, you're expecting Watterson to get whipped here, right, Lou?
4: Well, uh, really, my whole point in, in that article, our, our fine editors make the headlines. I don't. Um, this fight sets to be a mismatch based on the weight class it's going to be competed at. They're going to fight at 125. Rodriguez for 115 is really a tall, lanky drink of water, and the 125 is going to really help her. The issue is that this fight got uh, announced so late, I think she was still in Brazil as of Monday, and yet this week I've yet to see her in town giving interviews. So that's the concern, is the travel with the larger girl. Watterson really should be fighting at 105 pounds. But there is no 105 division, so she's tough. And she's uh, agile and she's experienced, so she competes with the larger girls at 115. Now she takes this fight at 125. So based on how I see these weigh-ins tomorrow, if Rodriguez looks like she's sharp and ready to go off the plane or whenever she arrived here, uh, this is a five-round fight, uh, then I think she has an easy time. I I don't want to say easy time. I think she has a one-sided decision over a smaller girl with more experience. Uh, All right, that's good. how I'll look um, at the fight.
1: Okay. I, I certainly see your viewpoint there. Here at Circa, Rodriguez minus 200 uh, against a karate hottie, Michelle Watters. Yeah,
4: via, de- dec- via decision at Circa, plus 145. Right. That's, wh- that's what I'll be tuning into based on what I see on the scales.
1: Rodriguez by submission, 20-1 to one, by decision, plus 145 in that fight. Two of my favorite fighters Actually, on this card, JVT, so I have more interest than most people in this uh, UFC fight night card. Where do you want to go next?
0: Uh, let's go to one of your favorite fighters. Okay. Donald Cowboy. Cerrone, yeah, welterweight bout here, co-main, Alex Morono. And so when I'm looking at this, uh, Lou, my my first thought is, what kind of a fighter are you if right now at this point in his career do, you know Donald Cerrone is touching $2 against you? What's the analysis here? Because Cerrone, of course, has not looked great in his recent bouts.
4: Uh, no, and really, uh, w- the way I track it, JVT Cerrone opened minus 135. Yeah. So now you're now you're looking at him at 200. So there's a couple things with this. Everybody suspects, and and the probability is, it's his retirement fight. He was originally going to fight Diego Sanchez, a fighter made for him. Morono is a big, tough, legitimate 170-er that's going to come right at you in a fight. He's lost his last few fights. The last being De Um, but but he, I think, on short notice, this is a is a Texas fighter. He's a dangerous fighter for Cowboy, and Cowboy is an underdog getting overlooked. Okay, Cowboy is an inflated <laughs> jock, maybe not. What, what kind? I leaned, I leaned, I leaned ahead, to Luke. Morono here. Maybe inside the mm, distance. Yeah. That's maybe his path to win. That's 6-1 to at Circa.
0: That was my next question. You know, with Cowboy, the way that he's been fighting and the way that these fights have gone. Not too well. Two and a half on the round prop, and I think you're getting a plus price on the under. Uh, Yeah, like plus 158 under two and a half, plus 160 in some spots. That was initially what I circled here, just given what we know about these two.
4: Yeah, I think if you're a... Listen, if you're betting Morono... Uh, you can't go to decision, because I think there's very little way that that in this environment with Cowboy's reputation, he's going to lose a decision. He's surely not losing a close decision. So if you're going to take Morono, I think you got to take the power in his hands, and he might get a body shot and hurt Cowboy And at 38 years old. I don't think that's out of the question.
1: Uh, it's definitely not out of the question. I'm hoping Cowboy can bounce back with a good performance, because... He has uh, not looked very good recently, JVT, and his fight against Conor McGregor was an embarrassment. Uh, as a no. Cowboys fan, I was, I was embarrassed uh, by his performance or lack of it in that fight. All right, uh, Lou, one more I'll ask you about because uh, we're talking about my favorite fighters, and we'll get to your best bets. How about Big Ben Rothwell, who is uh, one of the toughest guys in the UFC? I, I love Ben Rothwell. I would never want to step in there with him. He's about to pick him in this uh, heavyweight bout on the undercard, Lou.
4: Yeah, you're gonna. This is two big, huge yeah. yep. polar bears, you know, wrestling uh, in the in the snow. Uh, the, the, fight is, <laughs> the fight is kind of lined to the over uh, two and a half minus one sixty five. Uh, listen, Lins is made for Rothwell. The issue with Rothwell now is his age at thirty nine years old. He's slower and more deliberate than he used to be, and he was slow and deliberate in his prime. But he's a heavyweight and he has the experience. Uh, I tend to think if he can keep it standing, uh, I would lean to Rothwell here. And if you know I'm up. Uh, coming into the last few fights, I might throw a little uh, lunch money on Rothwell. That's the only way I would go in the fight. Okay. All
0: right, Lou. Well, we have a pretty deep card here. So, what are the uh, bets for you that you're looking at?
4: Yeah, uh, uh, Gregor Gillespie, Diego Ferreira. What a really excellent fight! Styles make fights. Uh, my mentor Angelo Dundee would say. And so, what you got in Gillespie is an uh, just an unrelenting pressure wrestler. The issue with him is he hasn't fought since the end of 2019 when he was head kicked, knocked out viciously by Kevin Lee. So mentally, he's coming back to a lot. And as a wrestler, his least fluent aspects of MMA are strike defense and striking. And he's going in against a guy in Diego Ferreira that's 36 years old and about four years older than him. Uh, But he's a vicious striker and very well versed on the ground. Uh, I I tend to think That this one's going to go one of two ways. Ferreira, I think, has a great chance. He's been the more active fighter fighting uh, Pettis and Darius, even though he lost to Darius, since Gregor Gillespie's been off. I think there's reason to suspect, based on what happened to Gillespie in his last fight, uh, his his possible trepidation in this fight against a dangerous striker. Uh, The issue will be, if it gets late, uh, the wrestler tends to have advantage. But I think uh, Diego Ferreira, plus 155, 160, be patient, that line's rising on Gillespie a little bit. I think Diego Ferreira is a very dangerous opponent here uh, based on his size and uh, recency uh, of his most recent competition, the capability of those uh, most that most recent competition. Uh, I look to Morono, and I maybe look to Morono with that inside the distance or TKOKO. And then my best bet of the night is a favorite, actually. I'm going to use him in a parlay uh, with another fighter in another card because I'm able to leave open parlays. Or if you just want to take Jeff Neal straight up, uh, Mm -hmm. this is a crossroads fight for Jeff Neal, who's about a 185 favorite over uh, Neil Magny. Magny's a long, long daddy-long-legs, kind of an awkward fighter but his iq is misplaced he grapples with grapplers when he should strike and he's probably going to strike with this kid neil when he should grapple Uh, i think that neil is totally focused coming off a loss to stevie wonderboy thompson in his last and i I find it hard to believe or find a way to think that neil is not going to win this fight so take him straight up or use him in a parlay, Jeff Neal, minus 180.
0: Lou, real quick before we get you out of here, one of the fights that I'm really looking forward to, You know, I really started to watch a lot of Kyle Dacus uh, over the summer. He, he's a really fantastic fighter, submission artist, short favorite over Phil Hawes here. What's the analysis? thirty right now for this submission artist. He, he's really impressive, if anyone hasn't watched him. What do you think about this fight?
4: I, it's really one I'm planning on writing up by Saturday. I yeah. want to watch the scales. Uh, I mean, a wrestler against a BJJ guy. So are we going to get a striking match? Uh, because if we do, Dawkus has maybe slight advantage just because it's height and reach against Haas. So uh, I haven't really come to terms with where I think this one's going to go. I, I usually lean wrestler, um, but uh, 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 this this sets up to be a really interesting fight. And I think Haas is certainly a look at plus 110, and uh, Daucus is a legitimate favorite, uh, albeit slight.
0: All
1: right, Lou Fenicaro And uh, Lou, I actually kind of like this card. There's, there's a few fights on here I definitely want to watch this weekend. But... You're going to be in Vegas next weekend, right? We're finally going to see you here at Circa.
4: Yeah, it's about time. I'm looking forward to it. It's been January since I've been in, but I had to, you know, get I had to get one of my wheels fixed. Uh, so I'm up and moving 100% and looking forward to coming in and uh, trying to keep up with uh, with all you professionals.
1: All right, we'll do some shots out here at Mega Bar next week. We'll see if we can get uh, Junior Francesa JVT out of the house to drink with the boys next week. What do you think?
0: I think I can do it. What do, I, what about, what do you think about this? <laughs> you do look a little bit like Drew Carey. Right Old there, school too. Drew Carey. All right. all right, Lou, thank you very much. We'll be back. we got the final hour coming up with All the Money.